Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Nicole. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist. In this episode, we will be discussing the first half of part two of Kingdom of Ash, more specifically chapters 68 through to 99. This is part three of a four-part series. This episode will be filled with spoilers as we discuss major plot points and our opinions of them, but this is by no means a substitute for reading the book. There are plenty of intricate details we won't be able to touch on. If we missed your favorite moment, please let us know in the comments section. We will be dividing this video into three different sections, focusing on one storyline at a time, as we typically do with these kind of multi-perspective stories. The first storyline that we will be discussing is The Adventures of Dorian and Mora. Next, we will be making our way to Terrison to discuss The Battle of Ornth. And lastly, we will be joining Aelin and company on their travels to Terrison. All right. So, Dorian... <laughs> He's got a major, major part in this section of the book. He's... Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have to say, I was impressed. <laughs> very, very impressed. I knew something big was coming. Didn't see this coming a mile away. Like, no. This was so unexpected. Yeah, totally. Like, this whole section and everything that happened with Dorian and Morath, I in no way theorized at all that that was what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, it was absolutely splendid. <laughs> I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> um, I think in the past Dorian sections I've read because mostly because Manon was with him and so that's what made it interesting but I've found him kind of mm -hmm. like bland I guess. Yeah. But in this section wow. Dorian's character is like a slow burn character. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. like really been building very, very slowly. And now he's like, boom. And it was just absolutely perfect for his kind of character growth. And I feel like we've been building up to this and like this is like his moment. Yeah. So he's kind of like transformed himself. He He's, wow, he's become really good at shape shifting. Mm -hmm. um, his magic might be the most impressive magic in this whole story. I I think, yeah, because like it mentions at some point in the story that his magic rivals or like is comparable to Aelin's. Like they are on the same playing field and it is made clear. I don't know at what point in the story it's made clear, but at one point somebody says like mm -hmm. they are equal. I think that Aelin though, she she's sort of limited to her fire magic, right? Mm -hmm. as crazy as it is but Dorian like he sort of has almost unlimited potential with what he can do with his yeah which also speaks to how powerful Aelin's magic is like mm -hmm. for sure comparable like, yeah though the fact that they're on the same playing field shows like that her fire magic is like beyond understanding mm -hmm. but then like we see throughout this kind of section just how much his magic has grown and still has the potential to grow. Yes. Like it seems endless. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. And did you, ex okay, did you expect Maeve to go to Erwin? No, I thought that was the last thing. Like she was like, 
said she didn't want anything to do with like she's hiding from them. That's the yeah. whole point. The whole yeah. point is hiding from them. <laughs> and so no, the very last thing I expected to happen was for her to walk through his doors willingly. Yeah. I'm like, I was so what shocked. are you doing? It was such a plot twist. Like I I did not see that coming from a million miles away. Yeah. And I was like very confused and like, okay, I'm assuming there's gotta be some sort of a twist happening. But then I'm like, dup, like uh, second guessing like every thought I'm having about this plot at this point. Yeah. Cause everything is going, you like, you think it's going the way that you thought it was going to go, but then it completely doesn't. So it's just <sighs> totally. And um, <laughs> having finished the section, <laughs> I uh, have to say that that kind of that theme of thinking, you know, and then not knowing it carries mm-hmm. on throughout. <laughs> yeah. I think Sarah knew what people thought was going to happen. So she like pretended that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't happen, and you're I like, know. "What?" Oh, goodness, just it's really masterful writing. I think, mm-hmm. like, yeah, she clearly knows her reader so well, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, they're gonna think that I'll do this, so yes. I will do it." But, but I won't. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're almost like, "Yes, I guessed it," and then it's like, not even close. <laughs> I know. And then when and then when Dorian proposed the whole marriage thing to Maeve I was Mm -hmm. again so shocked (laughs) yeah so not only is uh Maeve in Morath Dorian is there as well at the same time Mm -hmm. and as sneaky as he can be she's insanely powerful like we have yet to see the full extent of a Valg queen's power it's Mm -hmm. is said in the section that the female Valgs are more powerful than the male Valgs in yes. regards to the princesses, so I'm assuming it's also in regards to the queens versus kings. Mm-hmm. So she is more powerful than Erewhon. So she senses that Dorian's – or Dorian. Yeah, no, that's the right word. <laughs> she senses that Dorian is there um, and captures him. And I was yeah. like, well, how is he going to get out of this? So he's like, I guess this is his thing. I'll just ask everyone to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work uh, out the first time maybe the second time it will yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she he's in a, she does but he's in a powerful position he's the king of Adderlin, right so mm-hmm. i mean it is a tempting proposition so it makes sense that she would agree and i thought it was actually kind of a cool plot twist to see them working together for a time yeah it was a very cool plot twist. And the fact that she was like kicked out of Dornell and no longer has a kingdom of her own, that kind of sets him up to kind of present that as an option because she wants a kingdom to rule over. And mm-hmm. he's like, I have a kingdom. Yeah. We just need to find that last key and then yeah. we can fly off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> oh, she's so conniving. Well, she thinks that she has the upper hand because she has the ability to manipulate people's minds and like search through their minds. So she Mm -hmm. has this idea that she knows exactly what he's thinking at all times. So this is where I really wish you've read A Court of Thorns and Roses because I'm not sure if I can discuss my theories because I don't want to spoil (laughs) anything for you. Well, I also don't want to spoil it for anyone else out there who's... I'm fine if I get spoiled, but at the same time, I don't want anyone who's listening to this if they haven't read it to be spoiled. Anyone who listens to this who've read A Court of Thorns and Roses and heard what we've just discussed will know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> they, they can snicker to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So something else that was super interesting about the section was that, okay, so I always assumed, and I don't know if I'm alone in this assumption, probably not, that the Valg had to infest someone else's body. Like I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they could create their own shape that they are residing within. So because Erewhon used to um, inhabit Duke Parrington's body, and now yeah. he's like this super handsome yeah, like, physical form, I want to say. Do they always describe him as gold? Is that the color? Yeah. Um, but like very attractive, but like he's mm-hmm. so evil that it's just like the evil is just seeping off of him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to be really beautiful. And so we find out like between like whilst Maeve and Dorian are kind of chatting about everything that they can like create their own bodies because like he's like well what's his true form and she's like well that kind of is his true form yeah and, essentially yeah and I was really surprised because in the past like the Valgar described as pretty horrific looking like in their true forms mm-hmm. but maybe it depends on like the realm that they're in or the planet that they're on on what form they choose I think their true form without the kind of adornments that they can apply <laughs> is kind of disgusting. I think even Maeve says like, oh, you wouldn't find our like truest of true forms appealing. But within that, they can kind of, she describes it as like putting jewelry on. It's almost like they can put like a skin on like jewelry, which sounds disgusting when you frame it like that. Or like they can shape shift, but it's like they're shape shifting to a, a, something that's like appealing to whatever planet they're on. Yeah, exactly. Or realm or whatever. Yeah. Um, So, like, my thoughts were, I would just wondered if that was sort of metaphorical to, like, souls and, like, how they're, like, just sort of inherently evil. But then Maeve also talks about how not all Valg are like that. Not all Valg Mm -hmm. are evil. And so... Yeah. I was getting... I'm biting my tongue again. (laughs) (laughs) When she was... A number of times it was kind of brought up. She was like, oh, I'm not like other Valg's almost vibe. Like, oh, they're like this, but like, I'm different. And I just kept picturing that meme from, um, what is it, Mean Girls. She's yeah. like, I'm not like other moms. I'm a cool mom. I'm like, yeah. I'm Valg being like, or I'm picturing Maeve being like, I'm not like other Valg's. I'm yeah. a cool Valg. Exactly. Like, you? Or like, or like actually, guys who are like, I'm not, I'm not like other guys. I'm a nice guy. Like, it's yeah. like. Are you, though, you, like, tortured Aelin pretty hardcore, so. Yeah. Well, no, and that's, like, at one point he's, like, so you don't enjoy this kind of stuff? And she's, like, silent, like, crickets chirping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, so. (laughs) So you are, like. You are, like, other Valg, but so what I was given to understand was that she does that, but she's not like other Valg, so the other Valg are way worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she's bad, but they're they're worse. Way worse. And I almost felt sorry for her at parts of this section. Yes, there were moments where I was really, really starting to feel like empathetic towards like mm-hmm. her position because yeah. she's in a terrible position. But unfortunately, it's like she's a terrible person in a terrible position. So it's like yeah. just because you are in a bad position, it doesn't automatically make you a good person or a good Valg no. or whatever you're talking about, yeah. right? Like. 
So but I thought like, that was sc- I, so skillfully done, though, because mm-hmm. I, too, was feeling compassion for her. And I kind of almost want to hear more about her story, you know? Mm-hmm. We need, like, novellas for everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, there could just be endless novellas. Just, you know, yeah. it won't take you long to write them. Just pop them out. Just a couple, I, couple hundred pages on right. every little piece. <laughs> Let's get, like, Maeve's, like, before she came to Aurelia story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, we'd probably oh. be like cheering for her. <laughs> we need to like start some sort of a list of all of the different backstories we would like to petition yeah. from here. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that kind of popped into my head when they were sort of describing like this true form and all like this all these stuff about the Valk, the way that Irene heals is through removing the Valk, I guess soul you would call it from the human body that it's infested Mm -hmm. but if Maeve and Erewhon aren't in a human vessel then how is she going to like remove like how can she remove their soul from their true form so how like Mm. will she be able to defeat them in her traditional way of defeating the Valk I was kind of thinking that the way that I thought about this was that yes but once they are removed or dead that those forms would just be like an empty shell. Mm. Interesting. So but, yes, the soul can still be removed, but it'd be like maybe like the husk situation yeah. that they kind of talk yeah. about. Yeah. And that's how they do that just an assumption people. I made. So I don't know if that has any that, but that's just. Well, I'm glad you have a, at least a theory because I was like, it's impossible. What are they going to do? Right. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's actually very complicated, the more I think about <laughs> I'm it. I'm sure. Obviously, Sarah has a plan. We just got to yes. trust the process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of uh, low-key love that the Valg princesses are, like, way more powerful and deadly than the, than the princes. I feel like that is very Moss, too. Yes, Make it the is. Make females more yeah. powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we find out, too, that... Um, because Dorian was like, oh, the Stygian spiders are working for you. And, and she's like, no, it's the Karen Kui, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a definite distinction made there that they're very different. And mm-hmm. the Stig- uh, the Karen Kui, rather, they have offered to ha- like allow the Valk princesses to infest their bodies as like a – because they're so super loyal to Maeve. Yeah, she like kind of gives them up to prove to Erewhon that she's serious about her mm-hmm. uh, partnership with him. She's like, I'll, I will give you my loyal kind of soldiers mm-hmm. to put the princesses in because they haven't been able to go into humans because humans aren't strong enough to hold them, mm-hmm. which is why they haven't been in play. And I've been so curious about that. So I think that's a good explanation to why we haven't seen them is that they're just too powerful for a human host. But Except the- for Duva. Duva was able yes. to withstand the right. Valg princess. Um, but it sounds like it's not a sure thing for people mm-hmm. that they usually die. Yeah, maybe because the Coggins bloodline is so strong kind of thing. Yeah, Perhaps that's not. kind of – yeah, that's what I thought too. Can you imagine Hisar with a Valg inside? Oh, she would probably – Maybe that's what they were going for. That would have maybe. been so deadly. I mean, mm-hmm. she was going after that ring. Mm-hmm. But Duva was like, I'm getting married. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've kind of, when do you think this whole Karen Kui thing is going to come into play? Because 
oh, honestly, I just don't know what's going to happen from this point forward after reading this <laughs> section. Like, how are they possibly going to defeat Erewhon? Yeah, mm. I'm assuming that because as we will discuss in our next kind of portion, there is a massive battle kind of underway at Ornt, and it hasn't really concluded fully. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the next wave. there's going to be like kind of a, a second wave and yeah. that the spiders will come into play there. And that's yeah. going to be like the final battle. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that much left in the book. So <laughs> no, no, yeah. we only have like 22 chapters left. So yeah. Yeah. So Dorian does eventually get the third word key. He's just slaying in this part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's double he double crosses Maeve, which like he had to. There was just no way he was actually gonna unite with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's super cool is like you remember how he sort of took that power from that spider um to be able to shape shift. He does the same thing with Maeve, and mm-hmm. um he he actually like his magic I feel has gone to even another level. Because he can actually go in and take magic from other people, which is like so incredible. And I just wanted to quickly mention, and I won't like go into it, but I just wanted to like mention that the <laughs> whole when Maeve is trying to get into his mind to see or control or whatever it is she's trying to do, that mm-hmm. um, Sarah describes it as talons, like scraping along. And that's all. I can say so about hold that. that little information yeah. in your brain yeah. for a later yeah. date. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and it's yeah. just I felt quite intentional. I thought, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Uh, just how his magic is progressing, and the fact that he is like, because she, as we said, like thought she knew what Dorian was thinking, but the whole time he was playing her because he literally like had altered his own mind. Like he shifted his brain yeah. so that his memories were, yeah. or like his thoughts were not really his thoughts. Yeah. So, so he'd like let he her in to what he constructed and wanted her mm-hmm. to see. So, and she's super powerful. So like, if you're if you've got this power and you go into somebody's mind and and you're like how old is she like thousands of years old or whatever mm-hmm. and you've had this power and you go in, into someone's mind and you're you're do- doing that you're not going to believe or even think of the possibility that they could alter the very like inner workings of their mind for that purpose mm-hmm. for that like deception right so i'm just so impressed with dorian like wow yeah wow <laughs> and that was, that was incredible <laughs> like mm-hmm. what an amazing thing um but also the fact that he actually like took her like special power and her special power is being able to create portals between worlds right yeah and he took that from her so she no longer has like a special power mm-hmm. like i think she can still do the mind manipulation thing mm-hmm. But she doesn't have that portal walking or world walking ability, mm-hmm. which was like her extra kind of jazzy trick that she could do. And yeah. I have to say, I thought it was so like funny that her, like her whole thing was she was tricking Erewhon by making him see something 
that mm-hmm. wasn't actually there. Like that was her plan. That she distracted Erewhon by showing him uh, his brothers, but mm-hmm. it was all like an illusion. And at the same time, that is exactly what Dorian was doing to her. Yeah. So it's like she was getting played, like using a page in her own book kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of satisfying. So satisfying. <clears throat> I thought it was also kind of interesting to know that all ultimately that Erewhon wants is to be reunited with his brothers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why can't you just go, go home? But like, also, like, I don't think that's all he wants. Like, I think that's a part of it, but he wants to be reunited with them so they can continue to just decimate destroy. worlds and destroy. Like their ultimate goal as a kind of trio is just to like, take over as many different worlds as they can, Mm. which is just a very evil, evil way to be. (laughs) Yes. We kind of leave Dorian as he leaves Morath, but not only does he take away the power that Maeve has to portal and walk through worlds and takes a piece of her magic so he now can do it, he does like the ultimate middle finger up to both... (laughs) Maeve and Erewhon by destroying Morath. So he's used his like ice magic to completely um, destabilize the structure of the building. And then he just let it crumble and like let Maeve crumble in it, knowing that both Maeve and Erewhon would survive. But he wanted like he could have killed her, but he's Mm -hmm. like, no, I want her to survive because then Erewhon will like capture her. So it's like the ultimate like you get exactly what you don't want. Yeah. Because now he knows and, that you've tricked him. Yeah. The fact that he destroyed all of Morath, though, and the way that he did it was so creative. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was, like, oh, secretly, like, this whole time, as all of this other stuff is going on, I've been working. So, like, you kind of get this, like, backstory of, like, in the background, all this other stuff. And it's just, like, oh, my goodness, dude. All this crazy stuff has been going down. And in the back of your mind, you're still using power to do something else. Yeah, Dorian, like, is really coming through for everyone here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. Because he's sort of struggled with his power, like, rewinding way back to the beginning of the series when he was first coming into his magic. He was horrified. He was trying to hide it, right? And Mm -hmm. now he's become, like, this incredible force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And he ultimately turns into a wyvern because all of the uh, Iron Teeth witches and wyverns have been sent to Terrison. So mm-hmm. he kind of, they're like taking off as this is all going down. So he just shifts into a wyvern, kind of folds in with the rest of them and mm-hmm. off he goes. Off he goes. None the wiser. A absolutely brilliant start to the section. And it pretty yes. much is like the first 10 chapters of yeah. this portion of the book. It's, yeah. You get a couple other perspectives, but for the most part, it's just what's going on in Morath. Yeah. I was like a little bit like, okay, here we are with Dorian. But then I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a very easy, fast read. It was. Because it was just very intriguing and so unexpected. Like a bunch of stuff that you didn't see coming. Yeah. I didn't see coming. No. Me neither. Like. Absolutely so. not. I, I was like, we've spent so many hours reading and dissecting this series. So I was actually really amazed that to like still be surprised, mm-hmm. you know, 
Yeah, it's Ugh. nice that even when you like sit and think about something that you can still, the author still has something up their sleeve. Oh, totally. So back in Orinth, everyone, oh, it's, it's quite, uh, it feels hopeless in a way back at Orinth. Um, everyone's it's preparing for a siege. It's very depressing. Yeah. And I just felt this cold sense of dread whilst reading about Orinth, like, and, um, poor Evangeline is really struggling with the, the nerves before the battle. And I thought that was really well depicted, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and they're counting all the numbers coming in and they've got like a hundred thousand they end up with like counting hundred, about a hundred thousand against them. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not really bad. It seems hopeless actually. Mm-hmm. This whole storyline has just been like, absolute devastation it's just so depressing to read this storyline and like I think we mentioned it was kind of hasn't been the most exciting Mm storyline because it's like the hardcore nitty-gritty battle has pretty much just been the like they are holding this war together Mm -hmm. by like the threads that are left Mm -hmm. and the threads are about to snap Because they have hardly anything left, and Morath has just sent the biggest army yet. Yeah. (laughs) And they have just been dwindling. So as Morath's army is growing bigger and bigger and bigger, their army is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And they're, like, down to their, like, core group. And obviously they still have, like, a bunch of soldiers and stuff who are fighting for them. But it's getting very, very small. And then on top of this, like, they're just so so sad like or like they're just so defeated Mm -hmm. and three witch towers come into view Mm -hmm. like one witch tower had them running last time because they Mm -hmm. were in Pranth and like they had to completely like just what do you call it retreat exit retreat (laughs) thank you (laughs) they had to retreat because of one witch tower and now Mm -hmm. there is three heading straight for the city i mean thankfully they were able to destroy two of them with some quick thinking and some you know just sneaking out and they use like the fire lancer Mm -hmm. uh powder or whatever to create uh, i don't know what you call them but essentially they lit them on fire and blew them up Mm-hmm. But they weren't able to destroy the third one. So there's one still in play. And uh, we know one is enough to completely destroy them. So. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad they got rid of two of them right off the bat. Because I think that if they had to contend with all three, they would not have had a hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, oh, thankfully. Thankfully. Finally. Like, wow. Talk about waiting till the last minute. Adion. <laughs> finally tells Lysandra like that he loves her and it's like god like seriously you guys you could die <laughs> like yeah <laughs> this yeah is like, it. this is literally your last chance yeah <laughs> yeah say it um, now or you might not get a chance exactly yeah um no I was relieved that it finally all came out because I thought it was a bit in face of what and like considering what they're facing come on like just put your other stuff aside (laughs) yeah like you know yeah they you've both had a chance to be mad at one another you've kind of i don't know punished isn't quite the right right word but you've 
stood up for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to accept your true feelings. (laughs) Yes. So, but Lysandra doesn't make him like super easy for him. No. She's like, we as readers know. Mm -hmm. But she's like. And Lysandra, I love her. I just love her so much. And it's just, it's just an incredible arc for her character when you think about what we knew of her at the beginning and we kind of, um, at least, you know, you're made to kind of dislike her because it's like she's just this really petty, catty, you know, against Aelin, right? Uh, yeah. Or, well, back then, Selena. But now she's just like the the VIP, I feel. She's, she's the mm-hmm. MVP, rather, I feel. Yeah, no, she... Without her, this probably would have ended a long time ago. Yeah. So with everything that's going on and all hope being pretty much lost, (laughs) you would think a win would come. You would be like, they're ready for a win. But instead, they get a loss. Mm. And they get a horde of Iron Teeth witches, the ones from the Farian Gap, have Mm -hmm. all come. They've been sent and have joined the army. So they, what was it like? Thousands upon thousands, hundred thousand was it? Foot soldiers, oh, yeah, foot soldiers. And yes. then, and then the the whole horde of iron teeth, which is yeah. So now it's like, well, this okay. There's so, like, literally like, no hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, Manon and her thirteen show up, um, and the Crockins and Manon's. You know, she's the Crocken queen now. Mm-hmm. So she's got her, is it like a crown of stars? Yeah. And anyways, it's pretty cool. But even though like that is a formidable, uh, I want to say army, but not quite, but you know what I mean, yeah, right? Coven. Coven, yeah. It's very, they're very formidable. In the face of everything else, it's yeah. just like a drop in the bucket. Really. Yeah. Thir- 13, they fight more than just 13. It's like probably more like having 30 or, you know, more. But it doesn't really help against an entire fleet of Iron mm-hmm. Teeth witches. Yes. So the 13, though, this is really cool because I love seeing the 13 in action because they're so deadly and they're so well trained. Um, and they stick to their training and they're so loyal. Mm hmm. Yeah, but luckily with uh, Manon, the a whole bunch of Croc and Witches come as well. And it's interesting how like the visual that is kind of depicted of like they come down and at first they're like, oh, no, we're being attacked. And then they realize it's Manon. So they're like, don't fire. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I've, I've brought in some Croc and Witches. And they're like, well, how many? And then she's like, look for yourself. And like, it's like this idea of they look up towards the mountain and it's just a red Mm-hmm. From all their so capes. Cool. And just every time, I don't know what it is about the witch scenes, but like the visuals I get in my mind are just like top notch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's a really good morale booster. And even Evangeline is like, woo, and she they give her yeah. an extra croc and cloak. And it, yeah. like it's, she's like, I yeah. want to be a croc and witch now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so cute. It was cute. And I thought that was a nice detail as well. Mm-hmm. A little lighthearted moment in yeah. the absolute devastation that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Adion is uh, battling a Valk prince 
And the Valg prince is like, basically, why won't you die? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he seems to have this, like, magical shield of some sort that's, like, protecting him. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns out that, um, I guess, Valg, I guess they're, it's more difficult for them to fight Faye as well, or at least that's implied. Mm -hmm. And Lysandra, meanwhile, has gone into her sea dragon form and then in brackets, I think it was in brackets in the book, they're like, oh, it should be river dragon because she's in a river. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of cool because it's super cold and there's like all these ice flows or like little mini, I want to say like icebergs, but they're called flows, I guess. And Mm -hmm. she's white so it's kind of cool because it's almost like a camouflage situation at least that's how I was picturing it and I was thinking okay well how is she gonna like how is that gonna help but then she just basically like flops herself onto the like land and just like writhes around and I guess she's massive so she's like crushing them and biting them and like oh Lysandra you are hardcore and then she Mm -hmm. goes back in and then you know like Oh man, she's just that's just epic. How terrifying would that be? You're just like, yeah, I'm fighting. Oh my god. Like, yeah. <laughs> Humorous, but also that? very yeah. <laughs> this would make such an amazing scene because like as the battle starts, it's like all the croc and witches just like head straight for the iron tea. So it's like witch on witch. Mm-hmm. And then you have Idion at like fighting this Valg. And then of course in true Lysandra fashion, just taking on the entire front line all by herself. Yeah. Because what else would she do? She's so effective too. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to like, quick little aside. I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, we haven't heard any more about Falk. Mm. I'm assuming he's with um, the Terrison. Yeah. The troops walking their way to Terrison. Yeah, but we I don't think he was even mentioned in this section. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So we'll have to see uh, what happens with him. I'm assuming he'll pop up again, but yeah. For now, he's been doing his thing on the sideline. Yep. So as the battle is progressing, things are looking pretty dim. And you're like, okay, it's got to be, you know, they got to turn it around here somewhere. Like it. This isn't the end of the book. Things have to turn around at some point, right? (laughs) You would be if you thought that. Because, no, out of absolutely nowhere, in my opinion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Iskra? Is that how you say her name? Yeah, that's how I, well. Iskra. I say it. (laughs) On her, like, massive wyvern bowl comes and just, like, chomps down on Abraxas' neck. At least that's how I was picturing it. I don't know yep. if that's exactly how it's described, but like just like yep. has Abraxas' neck just in his massive jaws. And it's like absolutely devastating to read this part because he cannot get out. Like Abraxas cannot mm. free himself from this giant bull's grip. And Manon is like, I don't care if I don't survive this. I am making sure he does. And yeah. she like unstraps herself from mm. him and is about to leap onto the bowl and like to like throw him. I'm guessing a- anything, <laughs> yeah, <that>. anything. <laughs> She's gonna do anything, but she, like free fall jump. Yeah, they're they're in the sky. And so as she's like literally about to leap off of Brax's back, fly through the air into gosh knows what. 
all of a sudden, Petra yes. comes in for the save. Like, switches yeah. sides. Like, mid-fight, just switches sides. Yeah. And I, it actually makes sense when you think about what happened to Petra and how her Mount Keeley, you know, and what Manon did at that time mm-hmm. to save her. So, um, this was such a tense section to read um, and also very gut-wrenching because Manon actually... Like, let's think about Minon for a second. She's pretty um, cold, <laughs> right? But when this is happening to Abraxas, she actually says to him, like, I love you. And, like, for her to admit love or that feeling, like, she didn't – throughout the series, she has thought that they weren't capable of love. Mm-hmm. So this is, ma- like, a massive – point of character development and it was awful to read in such like in this context (laughs) yeah no I completely forgot about that part like it was like right before she jumps or was going to jump oh right yep I know (laughs) Brandon was looking at me like why do you read if it upsets you so much (laughs) yeah no I was like crying like yeah Full on tears crying throughout this. And yeah, my partner said the exact same thing. He's like, why? Why do you do this why to yourself? This to yourself? <laughs> it doesn't seem enjoyable. It's like, no, know. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just goes to show like how how over the series, like these characters and, and Manon, like she's so, um, I don't know even how to describe her, just... It's not like she's warm and fuzzy and you feel like affection towards her, but the strength of her, her whole arc coming together like that. And then, I mean, we all love Abraxas, you know, Mm -hmm. so, but I was very relieved as this went on because then she realized that the bull, yes, he had a a hold of Abraxas's throat, but it wasn't like enough to rip his throat out so yeah. although it was a bad wound it, it, it wasn't necessarily over for Abraxas at that point yeah no he was still like, he was still flying like they're still in the air at this point yeah and as this is all going down too they realize that Moras armies are trying to get in the way that Lysandra had come out through the river so in Lysandra kind of coming out in the river it was an awesome kind of sneak attack but it also let them know that there was an entrance through the river so exactly that was yeah. like Manon was trying to stop that from happening when she was attacked so Petra's like you go and yeah. you kind of um deal with that yeah. I got this yeah and then an epic battle between Petra and Iskra and Manon is kind of watching it um and oh I got such goosebumps with the way this was like described. Mm-hmm. They fly like way up into the air. And then Manon is like looking and thinking she must have practiced this maneuver like countless times for this to work. Cause Petra is just like zooming around on her wyvern around the bull. So because they're in this dive and he cannot mm-hmm. open his wings to slow his descent. <laughs> this is just so cool. Like <laughs> it is, and it's described in the book as well that it's almost like the entire fo- um, armies, like everyone, like stopped and watched. Yeah, 
Like that's yeah. how like crazy this was looking. These two yeah. wyverns just like plummeting. Yeah. And when like when Petra yelled for Keely, I thought, oh, she's just gonna she's just gonna slam into the ground with the bull. Like I just thought mm-hmm. Is that what you yeah. thought too? Yeah, a hundred percent. I was like, yeah. "Oh, she like she's going down with it to make sure." Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, it was yeah. just so. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Like in that moment where she's like, "Yeah, that she's like for Keely," and I, I can hardly even talk about it now because it's like I that <laughs> exact moment. Yeah. I was like, "If you didn't absolutely lose it reading this, yeah, you need to wonder where your heart is because yeah, are it you was okay?" So heartbreaking. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely shattered. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like the witches don't want to admit the bond they have with their wyverns. Like mm-hmm. they like it's it's like this. It's it's almost giving like fourth wing where it's like they have this really close bond with their wyverns yeah. and they're like intrinsically tied to one another. Um and like I know Manon didn't really want to admit that, but then in the end she was like, I love you, Abraxas, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and they all feel that way about their wyverns. So But Petra manages to pull out of that death spiral, and I did not expect that. I thought I thought for sure she was just gonna go down with, and yeah. then she goes flying away and pet or and Iskra and her bowl just yeah. splatter. They did not survive it. Good. <laughs> Good. No love lost here. No. So there is still, however, the issue with the very last witch tower. And they had sort of injured it. Uh, well, injured the wyvern that was carrying it. And uh, now that they have the iron teeth, they were able to hook up a new wyvern to it and get it all situated. So it's back in play. And it is coming straight for the walls. And they're already seeing that the witches are doing the yielding with it. And one massive explosion has already happened. And mm-hmm. it's they're like, oh, okay, if they get close enough and that happens in proximity of the wall, like it's just going to completely come tumbling down mm-hmm. and the city will be destroyed in a matter of like minutes. Yeah. Oh, So Manon is unable to go out there because Abraxas has like, he's been healed. He's fine. He will be fine. He's unconscious. Yeah. He is unconscious. And so she like turns to Lysandra and is like, turn into a wyvern. I am, I'm taking you into battle. And Lysandra would have done it. We know Lysandra hundred percent would have done it, but she completely depleted her magic, Mm -hmm. uh, turning back into her human form. So Mm -hmm. she's like, I physically can't like shift anymore. And so she's like, kind of like, you see, like can picture like, her just like someone give around me panic. a wyvern yeah yeah kind of yeah. thing and well not panic because she's Manon so she's way cool and collected but I was probably projecting <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden the 13 just give each other the the look like they they've got a plan yeah and you're like what is about to happen I know and they say <laughs> Manon live yeah yeah uh Astrid just like gut punches her so that she (laughs) is like kind of knocked out as well like not completely knocked out but the wind is knocked out of her so she can't like really move Mm -hmm. and then she just tells her to live and they take off like you're like nothing good is gonna come from this oh my god so i i knew that the 13 well 12 that they were gonna die because i had seen some fan art like a long time ago oh that 
Um, and I'm glad I knew that, but I didn't know how it was going to go down. Mm. And I realized. I had no idea. Yeah. I knew when some of them live, would survive. I was like, oh my God, here it comes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, maybe like, I knew some of them were would die at some point. Never in a million years did I think it would go down like this. Yeah. I, I didn't guess this either. Um, I just thought that they would be picked off during battle, like one by one. And mm-hmm. I, I had, had imagined Minon sort of seeing her 13 falling, like one by one kind of thing. And I thought it would be awful, but this was so much worse. But also much more poignant because um, they sacrificed themselves rather than... You know, like it wasn't just during battle. They actually mm-hmm. like they went out they, on their own terms. Exactly. Like, and they knew, like, they made that decision, and I think that was just so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like get up into formation, and Manon is unable to do anything about it. They've like mm-hmm. <laughs> she's stuck. She has no she's grounded. And she's yeah, like basically wounded now herself yeah and they and she said it's the most perfect like formation it's the most perfect like uh, i can't remember the word that they use but like they break through the line like in the most perfect maneuver they've ever executed mm-hmm. and yeah and then oh my goodness so they all end up don't they all end up yielding yeah i think they all kind of they all do fall Mm-hmm. So it's like all of the witches have kind of like been knocked off their wyverns essentially. And I actually thought that they had, when she said she saw them falling, I thought that they, she meant they died at that point. But they all end up like, I'm how I pictured it, and I could be wrong, let me know if you pictured it differently. But they basically all ended up on the ground, but Astrin ended up on the witch tower. Mm-hmm. And she, she crashed her mount into the witch tower and it's kind of a gross description because her mount just goes flying in and basically kill dies on impact right yeah she this is this would make such an epic scene in a movie she she basically like leaps off of him or, or no her because Astrid's mount was the one in love with Abraxas they were right. mates right <laughs> anyway so she goes on there and she's like bearing herself and how it says like unclean and then the light of the yielding starts like shining through and then she yields and then it's like kaboom <laughs> like yeah, all of that's them how i pictured the exact it same yeah like it was a planned maneuver mm-hmm. that they executed yeah. and just before all 12 of them complete the yielding she uh, astrin takes out the witch who was about to do the yield do the yielding into yeah. the the mirrors yeah. so that the uh, massive explosion doesn't happen. Yeah. And then she also, in the process of the yielding, takes out the Blackbeak matron. Yes. Non-scrama. Oh, yes. That's right. I had forgotten about that. Oh, my goodness. As to Rin. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And it, it should have been her. Like, that was, it was her right to have that. Astrin has been such an incredible character throughout this whole series. Like, it's like she's, she knew knew Manon's true inner workings better than Manon did. Like, it's like she knew Manon's soul better than Mm -hmm. Manon did and has been, like, kind of easing her in 
the right, like morally correct direction. Yeah. <laughs> like it's this whole like time. she was Manon's guiding light through this. Yeah. And I'm I wonder if it's kind of like, oh now Manon has Dorian who can kind of like she can lean on. So it's like not that obviously nothing can replace her twelve. Yeah. But it's like she's not completely alone. She's she's got another family. So maybe it's like they felt she'll be okay. And she's got yeah. the crockins and like so it's like she's built this other life and it's like she can go on and do what she's sought out to do. She doesn't need us anymore, sort of thing. Like we can yes. fulfill a purpose here. So this scene is kind of it kind of is ending with this people from the city of Orinth are coming out. So Minon goes out to the scene of the destruction. And it's just how I pictured it was just a scorch mark on the earth. Everything is just ash, right? And she kneels there and is grieving. And she doesn't look behind her, but the whole basically city of Orinth is coming up behind her and they all have white flowers. And the ones who don't have white flowers have rocks or personal belongings. And they're like laying them like as a thank you, as a way to you know, honor. like honor them for their sacrifice. And these white flowers, it's also mentioned that a flower in the, like the wastes, basically like far away, a flower blooms. So they broke the curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like the curse says when iron melts, when flowers spring from fields of blood, and I'm assuming iron melts because they yielded, they like disintegrated themselves and their iron teeth, witches. Right. So it's like they've sacrificed themselves to save others. And then. Yeah. So the the curse was blood. So should we read this? Um, Yeah. Blood to blood and soul to soul together. This was done and only together can it be undone. Be the bridge, be the light. When iron melts, when flowers spring from fields of blood, let the land be witness and return home. So they did that. (laughs) <laughs> good yeah. for them I wonder if because it says together this was mm-hmm. done and only together so I wonder if it's because like the crockins and the iron teeth came to like the crockin or sorry the iron teeth 12 like sacrificed yes. themselves almost for the crockin witches yeah but also yes but also Petra too she actually joined in and fought mm-hmm. for their side so it's kind of like the perfect triangle because the blue bloods some of the blue bloods or at least one of them, the Crockins and the Iron Teeth united, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Boy, oh boy. No. That was an incredible section. It was absolutely devastating. I don't think, like, I have not been shy of saying how much I've cried during this series. If yeah. you've watched some of our other episodes, you will know this has been a tearjerker ride for us. Yes. But this... For me, this was the most heart-wrenching. Like, yeah. other times it's kind of like, oh, I'm crying like tear, tear. This one was like full-blown, mm-hmm. like, have crying. to go get tissues. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually felt it viscerally through my whole body and even my legs. I was like, am I okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, it was, it, it was intense. So intense. And, yeah, it was just, like... Okay, I'm I'm understanding now why everybody says this is a heart wrenching read, or people are like, oh, like I can't handle this. This is so yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes, I was, 
of course, just before we're kind of reading the scene, like probably the day before, I was like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Like everyone's like, oh, this book destroys me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, like we're well over, well, not well over, but like we're a good way into more than halfway through the book. Yeah. And I'm like, it's been like sad here and there. It's been heartwarming here and there, but it's not mm-hmm. being soul destroying. Yeah. I spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah, you did. Because <laughs> yeah, that, this was, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the most I've emotional impact I've ever had from a book mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> yeah. I can say the same. Yeah. But we are on to our last section. And surprisingly, like, this basically is how it went down in the book. Like, normally mm-hmm. when we do our section by section, we're kind of, like, squishing pieces together that don't normally go together. Yeah. But and, like, jumping back and forth. Read, yeah. Like it it stuck with one storyline for the most part. And yeah. it the last part of this section of the book was basically the entire part of Aelin and her company. Mm-hmm. And we find them around the Farron Gap and they're expecting to be battling witches. They're like, oh, this it's gonna be tough for us to get through here, but like we have to go this way. And they get there and it's just empty. There's yeah. No one there. And in a way, I mean, well, not in a way. It that is bad news. <laughs> because <laughs> we know why they're not there. We know why they're not there. And when Aelin puts that together, it's like, oh no. Cause like how are they supposed to get to Orinth fast enough to help? Right? They're on yeah. foot. Right? Mm-hmm. And clearly the witches are very gone. Oh, and but- <laughs> this is actually really funny when they find Uncle Vernon. I, I yeah. thought it was funny. Be- the reason it's funny is because Dorian actually sh- shapeshifted into Vernon when he was there and he kept asking Erewhon questions and Erewhon's like, oh, you are sure asking a lot of questions, right? Oh, <laughs> and then like, he's how like, did he get sent there? Didn't we just <laughs> see him in Mora? No, yeah, you were we 100% right. Right. It's and then he's like, he's like, he said I was asking too many questions. <laughs> I did not put that together. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I had a little giggle. Yeah, because he's probably like, what questions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is uh, so funny. Yeah. So they uh they go ahead and like remember Vernon, he he was horrible to a, a lied, or is it a lead? Because so we've been calling her a lied, but then I was listening to the audiobook and they call her a lead. I think it I remember when we first said her name, we're like, oh, it's supposed to be pronounced like this, but neither of us really liked the way it sounded. <laughs> so we just decided to call her a lied. <laughs> so I think that was just a choice we made at oh, one point to just I ignore see. Okay. how it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm listening, and she she says lead. I was like, "Oh wow, we've been saying it early in the podcast this whole time." I think at one point we acknowledged that we said it wrong. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, guys, if that's annoying to you, but um, I read it as a lied, and oh gosh, and when I do my reread, I'll, I'll try to read it as a lead next time through. But yeah, so she, it's kind of cool because they kind of uh, give her <laughs> the. Uh, Sort of like, um, Aelin is very sort of respectful in a way, like, 
Aelin has really grown, I feel, but maybe, maybe not. Like she's been pretty tactical this entire time, right from the beginning. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize she was still so young. Like she's only nineteen. Yeah, I can't believe all this has gone down in like just over a year. Yeah. Well, because like the Yule Ball that we see in Yule Miss that we see. Is this because they're coming up to Yulmus soon? Yeah. So will that just be the year point, the one year mark? Pretty much. Like pretty close. Yeah. That's crazy that so much has – I feel like it's been like five years. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like just sort of jerked out of the moment because I was like, oh, right. Like I knew she was young, but oh, yeah, not as much time has passed as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they they decide to, I mean, obviously Lorcan wants to kill him for what he did to a lead <laughs> and her <laughs> foot and everything. But, uh, oh, and the way they describe it too, the bone grinding on bone. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I totally realized it, that. Oh, that made me cringe. Yeah. But Aelin is, <laughs> it's almost like they think, oh, she's going soft but then mm-hmm. it's like she's not going soft. She always has a plan. No. So she's they, just clever. She's, she's not just, just a very brute. clever. Exactly. And she, so they get all of the answers they want kind of out of Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, Aelin does it in a, a way that doesn't involve torture. But then she kind of decides to leave him tied there in the iron chains and is basically like, I mean, if you can get out, then yeah. fine. But yeah, if not, you're I just going to kill you. I said I, I wouldn't kill say- you. Didn't say I was going to feed you. <laughs> yeah. Didn't say I was going to let you out of the chair. So <laughs> it's actually so much more cruel. But <laughs> yeah, it is. And like the one thing that Alid said was like, make it quick. And Aelin comes out and she's like, it's not going to be quick. No. And Alid's just like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> In a way, it's almost, I think, probably a little bit of a relief to to not have to make that decision on a lead's part. Like Aelin took that mm-hmm. decision away from her. And I think that that was maybe even kinder. Yeah. No, I'm sure that she wants to do what she knows is like the right thing because like that's who she is as a person. Yeah. But I think in a way. She won't she have might. to live with his death on her hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly. With the information they got from Vernon, they're basically caught up with everything that he knew went down in Morath. Essentially, that Maeve is there, which is like, that's a huge news for them. And it's good for them to know because obviously that's going to impact the battle. Uh, them believing that her, uh, Maeve and Erewhon have teamed up. Because mm-hmm. that's what Vernon believed and that's what they believe is happening. Um, but luckily... Dorian actually finds his way to them mm-hmm. and he's like because he's in a wyvern form and they're like a wyvern's coming and then he's like shooting little bursts of magic being like it's me it's me don't kill me <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that part <laughs> uh, that was so cool I, I was so mm-hmm. like it was just as the reader it just makes you so happy to see friends reunite again like after such a long time apart yeah, no, him and Kale finally getting to see each other and like they just like they're like, oh brother, like the second yeah. they saw each other, it's just like and they're then besties. He, 
their besties and they're like hugging and like crying and mm-hmm. like then Irene comes up and oh Kale's and like, this like, is my you- wife and she's pregnant. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think because he's like, this is the healer. And then like you like kind of, I was going to say you see, but again, this like you don't see anything. You're just reading this. But a flash of kind of remorse or like sorrow is described on uh, Dorian's face because of Sorsha. Because like, I like how it's not like she's forgotten. Like, no, it's it keeps being mentioned that like, Sorsha might have been the love of his life. Like yeah. she probably truly could have been the person that he, you know, changed his yeah. entire life for, but yeah. she was taken and that's yeah. never forgotten. Yeah. I like I, I, li- I like that too. It wasn't, wasn't just like a plot point to push the story forward. It's, it sits with him and it continues to sit with him throughout the story. Mm-hmm. The arrival of Dorian is sort of nerve-wracking for Aelin, because on one hand, it's awesome to see Dorian. On the other hand, she knows that he's got all three word keys. So given the whole prophecy thing and everything, Aelin's kind of like, oh, okay, I guess I gotta go die now, (laughs) basically. Mm -hmm. And she does not want anyone else, like, because it could be her or Dorian with the bloodlines, but she does not want him to do it. She's like, no, this is up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can't live with herself knowing she let someone else do it. Mm-hmm. And they decide to vote. Yeah. On like what path they should take. Yeah. And uh, whether they should use the keys now or continue to Terrison. And they're like, let's just use the keys now. <laughs> Yeah. I like found it so heartbreaking that because Aelin didn't vote herself. She at like made everyone else vote, but she didn't say what she wanted because she later revealed she didn't want to influence anyone, but she wanted to go to Terrace and, and fight. Like she mm-hmm. wanted to do one last battle before sacrificing herself. And everyone's like, nope, you can go die now. Yeah. I was like, Are you serious? I just, part of me is like, I don't know if that's how everyone would have actually voted. I think that the reason that they chose to go in that direction is because they were wondering if Erewhon was gone, if the rest of his army would just sort of fall. I feel like that is too big of a what if. Yes, I feel like I agree. Aelin's powers are more, they're a sure thing. You know exactly. they work. They're tried and true. Yeah. Why mess with a good thing? So what I'm if you kill your like- biggest weapon and it doesn't stop Morath. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was was a strange decision. I thought it was a strange decision. I thought it was, I was just very frustrated with this whole part. And, Mm -hmm. but I did think that it was fitting that they happened to be near Endovir or Mm -hmm. in Endovir, near Mm -hmm. the salt mines. Yeah. And that's pretty significant. And they they mention the significance of it, like coming full circle. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that was a pretty awesome way to do it. They decide to do it in the middle of the night. Yes. Rowan, like, actually convinces Aelin to at least try to combine her powers with Dorian. And I'm like, yes, I called it. I was so excited. And it turns out that the combined power of Aelin and Dorian 
even though just one of their powers would have been enough, the combined power of them would not be enough to save either of them. They will both have to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? The math is not mathing. <laughs> it does not make sense. <laughs> and again, I, mean, I was just like so frustrated. I'm like, this literally makes no sense. How if one of them has enough power to forge the key, then how is it if they combine their power, it's going to use all of it? Like more I power. Was the, like, what, just, so my what my thoughts were on that was that it wasn't like the amount of power necessarily. It was the fact that the power had to be drained to the point that someone's existence was erased. And I think that that oh. was sort of key to to it. So uh, at least that's kind of what I thought. I thought like it doesn't matter if they combine their powers because one of them has to have their existence be erased because that is the. It's the about the sacrifice that you're making. Mm-hmm. It's about like what you owe and what mm-hmm. you owe is a life. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That, yes. that makes me less upset with how everything went down because I'm like this doesn't make sense like if you add up the numbers if their powers are put into numbers and you add them up the what it equals is not correct (laughs) yeah I I was literally like it won't matter if they combine their powers because one of them has to be sacrificed regardless in order for this to work but then when because Dorian's dad shows up Mm -hmm. and he takes Dorian's place Mm mm-hmm and like they like literally like boot Dorian to the curb and kick him out of the little power ring. And he's like, no, but like out he goes. So then why can't he just die? Why can't the kid? Well, I mean, he's already he dead, d- but like. He did. Like he had his ex- existence erased and that's why it worked. So like he did make a sacrifice because he's gone forever. Yeah. And then, but then why does Aelin still have to die? She didn't. She got rid I know of all she- of her. But she didn't not die because of this. And this, she was still going to die. Even though Dorian's dad died, she was still going to die. Because she was going to have to use the last drop of her life force to seal the gates. And then the gods came and Mala was like, here. Yeah. And so the only reason she survived is because Mala double-crossed the gods. And gave her Mm. more power. I don't know. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why it has to be this way. But as What was we... the point of Dorian's dad's sacrifice then? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, but so Diana, what a Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, explain explain why we are so upset with Diana. Well, okay. She is just the worst, first of all. Can I just say? <laughs> like, every time she pops up, she does something horrible. She's like, hateful. She's extremely hateful. And so Aelin, being Aelin, goes to make a bargain with her. Mm-hmm. And Deanna's like, gods don't bargain with mere mortals. And mm-hmm. then she's like, in fact, we won't even take Erewhon. And that, that was the whole deal to begin with. Yeah, that was the whole point. So it's like... So they did all this. Whoops, I bumped my mic. They did all of this. Aelin got, like, her powers drained from this, like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> at this point, like, she's still powers. going to die. She's still going to die. And they're going to, so she opens the portal for the gods. They strut into their beautiful land or wherever they're going. 
But they're like, screw you, we're not taking Erwin. So it's like that whole prophecy is garbage now because that was the whole mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And that was the deal. Like the bargain The bargain she was going to make or tried to make is that they are taking Elena with them or Elena yeah. with them. Yeah. And she said, if we, if Elena can live or like, like live in her spirit form, so that she's then still you with don't Gavin. have to take Erewhon. Because, she, yeah, she's trying to make it so that Gavin um, and Elena can be together in the mm-hmm. afterlife. And that's and they kill Elena, like kill her spirit so that she's erased. She's erased. Existence. Yeah. And then they don't take Erewhon. So it's like they completely betray her. It's the ultimate her. F-U. Mm-hmm. And, and like... For what? Like, just yeah. because she dared to try to bargain with them? So they're just mm-hmm. condemning that entire world? Because, like, oh, man. I have to say, I was a little upset with Aelin in this moment. I know she doesn't actually exist. But I was like, seriously? Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? just let things be? There was a plan. Just stick to it for once. Like, what is now the point just, of this entire, what's the point of you sacrificing yourself if they're not going to take Erewhon with them? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point? So basically, she went in there. She got rid of her powers. Mala gave her that extra, uh, like, endless amount of power. Because apparently it was an endless amount of power that was needed. Like you said, the math is not mathing, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, And then I thought, oh. She's going to be even more powerful when she comes out of this. And I was like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. this was like the point. Maybe, yes, Erewhon is still here, but Aelin's going to show up and be like, I'm practically a god now, is like kind of what I was thinking. But then yeah. she used all of that in order to seal the word gate. So it's like before, though, before she did that in order to punish the gods, she opened up like a nightmare or a hell realm, I think it was described as a hell realm. Yeah, yeah a hell yeah. realm into their world. And, like, mm-hmm. all of these horrible creatures started flooding, and they're like, ah! And, and then she sealed them in there with them. So, like, haha. But, yeah. like, it doesn't help their situation. No. But I did kind of come to understand, I think, why it played out this way. Because I'm pretty sure that what is being alluded to is that they were never going to honor their bargain. They were never going to take Erewhon with them. They were always going to betray. Like when they made the initial deal, deal with Brandon, they were always planning on betraying it. So I think in the fact that she tried to make that new bargain to save Elena's life, Mala had something inside of her. Because remember, Mala was like basically had forgotten her human life. So she didn't yeah. know Elena was her daughter. But right. in Aelin trying to make, like, save her spirit life, Mala had a remembrance of her human life. And oh. so that's why Mala betrayed the other gods and gave Aelin the power she needed to uh, seal the gates and get ultimately get back home. Because without yeah. Mala's power, she would not have been able to get to back survive home. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. in it had to go down that way in order for Aelin to ultimately live. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was like, after I kind of like realized that, I was like, yeah. oh, she needed to present that bargain so that Mala would come to the realization that you know, if every that the gods were not nice people and they didn't deserve. No. 
to kind of be not nice people, not nice beings, uh, and they didn't deserve it. So they all, and she like lets, she knows what Aelin's going to do with releasing the yeah. portal between the hell world. And she lets her do it because she's like, they don't deserve peace after yeah. what they've just done. Yeah. But also in order for her to get home, she needed one last piece of the puzzle and sneaky little Rowan knows Aelin and knows she's up to no good all the time. <laughs> and he hides a key almost, or a map. He hides a map in the new tattoo that he gives her. Yes. He puts word keys in her yeah, uh, in her tattoo. So she can find her way back to him. So romantic. <sighs> so romantic. <laughs> oh my goodness. So she's like tumbling between worlds. Oh, mm-hmm. I just remembered I have an awesome meme to send you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so she's like tumbling between worlds. And then again, for you people who read A Court of Thorns and Roses, we know the couples who um, the male helps slow her down so mm-hmm. she can find her world. We know who that I, is. I don't know who it is, but as I was reading it, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is an Akatar reference. Like, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure this has to do with that world. So yep. even if you haven't read it, like, I think it comes across pretty clear if you know of that world. Yeah. Uh, because, like, in all the imagery for Akatar, oh. it's all, like, mountains yeah. and stars and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Oh, I was like, <laughs> And so, yes, I have a meme somewhere in my phone I need to send to you regarding that in particular. <laughs> you have to read Akatar first. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, um, that that male sends some magic to her to slow her down enough that she can go back into her world. Mm-hmm. And then she, she does. And then that's when we find out she has a, she still has magic. But it's like a normal fey amount of magic, not like the incredible, explosive, sort of almost nuclear (laughs) power she had Mm -hmm. before. She just has that drop of her mother's magic left. And like it says she lights like a tiny flame in her hand. Yeah. Yeah, she still has fire and water magic, but they're just like ordinary magic. She no longer has Mala's magic. She's no longer. She could probably light a candle. Yeah. Kind of. Thing. I mean, and like it could be something where like she could build it up to like you know a regular because even Keltane like she had fire magic and she could do more than I mean obviously she became very powerful once she had the word mm-hmm. key but I think people with general magic can do pretty impressive things with it. Just well, yeah. Look at Rowan's magic, impressive. right? Like his wind magic. Like I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you know yeah. how he like removes the air from people's lungs. Like maybe she can fry them from the inside. I don't know, (laughs) right? I have hope she can build her magic back up. And I have hope that now that her fire magic isn't consuming her, that her water magic, I guess that's maybe like a prediction for what's to come. Her water magic will kind of um, become stronger. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was also very sweet how she was, she really held on to that piece of her because it's from her mother. And Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it was going to be her last piece that she gave away, but then Mala gave her some so she could keep it. Oh, it was lovely. And but- I also really enjoyed that because Aelin has always hated that piece of herself. She's been afraid of her fire magic right from since she was a little girl. And now now it's set to a place where she's going to be like internally happy with herself. But mm-hmm. it does... So then we're, we reached chapter 100. So we read chapter 99. We've stopped at 100 and now we're going to read the rest of the book. It does beg the question of like, 
how on earth are they going to defeat Erwan and Morath? Like, so mm-hmm. now I feel like it's almost all up to Dorian. Like and they're gonna, ha- I think, yeah. I think Aelin is kind of putting a lot of eggs in uh, Irene's basket as well because Irene was like. Uh, at one point she's like, I can do it. I can, like, I can heal or like, you know, I can use my healing magic to like solve this problem. And mm-hmm. she said at one point that the reason she wanted them to vote was not to actually vote, but to hear that they could do it if she died. That, she, that yeah. with Irene. It was a strategy as it always is. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Irene though, like there's such a, like there's, so many consequences if she dies like because mm-hmm. her life is tied yeah. to chaos and yeah and she has a baby <laughs> she has Growing a baby um re- also remember how they when then they were talking about like banishing the well not banishing but sending the gods back to their land how irene was like well i don't know how to feel about that because i'm blessed by silba <gasps> right so that's another yeah. piece mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah it is all if is different people's magic going to be altered now that the gods are no longer in their worlds? Or was that like a gift that like once it's given? Yeah. Kind of there. We don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, also I, we forgot to mention um, that Aelin can no longer shift to human. She's now right. fey only. She is fey. Yeah. And I was She's like, oh, lost, whatever. He lost her morality. <laughs> <laughs> or morta- mortality. mortality that's okay no, she's, though she's still moral <laughs> yeah yeah no she's i was like that's moral. not a big deal who cares yeah. <laughs> she, i mean she like never human so now we know um so remember back a few books ago we learned about the prof the prophecy i guess you could call it and then we and then we learned from mave um that aelin was going to become immortal and then mm-hmm. we were like, but she has to die. So now like that was super mean to tell her that. But the thing is, is she didn't die. So now we it, now like the stakes are that she like her future is with Rowan is in, on the line now. Right. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like the stakes are almost higher now. Yeah. Because she has like thousands of years she could be with Rowan if they succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she has a long, long life ahead of her. If they succeed. If they succeed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They have a lot to do. But one thing I want to mention before we kind of talk about like what we think is going to happen next is it's just like a tiny little tidbit of information we got uh, that in order for Aelin and Doreen to kind of like start forging the key, she needed to put all three word keys in her arm or like and, and they like literally melted into her. Mm-hmm. and became a part of her like blood which one mm-hmm. maybe that will come back maybe but two that answered the question of why Keltane had it in her arm so Erewhon was actually he had put the shard in Keltane's arm because he was going to use her as a word gate like if oh, he could get all three shards right he was going to put like he, then he could have what Aelin had turned into he was trying to do that to Keltane. And then he, again, tried to do it to another girl, mm-hmm. Dorian found, because that's how he got the third word key. It was in some other girl's arm. Yeah. It was It was just kind of sad to know that, like, that's what he was trying to do with her. Mm-hmm. Erewhon's horrible, <laughs> evil, disgusting. Yeah. But predictions for the ending. 
now that we're completely somewhere we never thought we would find ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me. Like, no, totally. Same. Every single time we read a uh, section of this book, I am more confused about how this can possibly come to an end. <laughs> and there's only 22 chapters left. I uh, don't lot. know. Um, the 13 are no longer. Mm-hmm. Aelin does not have her the Mala, the Firebringer power anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need I don't know. to Is contend it... with Maeve, it... with Erewhon, and yeah. with now the Karenqui Prince Valg princesses that are mm-hmm. in play. On top of all the Valg I almost, princes, I almost wonder if it's going to kind of circle back to how deadly and strategic she had to be when she was Selena Sardothian. Mm-hmm. When her magic was being when when her magic like, was repressed. Be repressed, thank you. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably she's will come in a full skilled. circle. She is. She's like without magic, she's incredibly skilled. Mm-hmm. And now that she's stuck in her fey form, like she can't even go back to her weaker human form. She's insanely deadly. But yeah. the thing that she's fighting against is it feels impossible at this point. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't I don't have predictions. I'm I'm actually just like bewildered and my head is just a big question mark now because I had predictions for this this section we just talked about. And yeah. the only thing that I like had guessed would come true was that Aelin would have to sacrifice her powers in order to live. It didn't come about quite like that, but she did live and her powers are gone. So Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. were pretty spot on with that one. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm very concerned that because of the lack of art that we see for Lysandra and Adian, I'm very, very concerned that they don't survive. Because you never, like, I don't know, maybe it's just people don't want to draw them as much or something. But, like, I feel like I've seen kind of, like, end when it's all over pictures of like so many of the characters, because I just can't stay off of fan art sites, but (laughs) I never see anything of them at the end. Like they're kind of happily ever after. So I'm like, that doesn't bode well. Oh no. But again, it could just be that I haven't come across it. Maybe I'm not putting in like maybe what I'm looking at isn't drawing that up in my searches. So I don't Hmm. know. I guess that's kind of a prediction, but one I don't want to come true. I really hope that doesn't come true because Adion, Lysandra, and Evangeline are like a little makeshift family and I want them well, to have their happily ever speaking after. Speaking of, when he got hurt and Evangeline was like really upset about it and she's like, I don't know if I want him to be my brother or my dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but he's family nonetheless, yeah. you know. Aw. No, for Evan, if if for no one else, for Evangeline, mm-hmm. I hope that they survive. And actually, now that you mention her, I feel like that would be too cruel to because she's already being taken away from her family and yeah. put into a horrible situation. So then, for her kind of newfound family to be taken from her, I think that would be too cruel. Like, I don't think we would go to that level of cruelty. I hope not. And by we, I mean Sergey Moss and not us at all. <laughs> So now that I'm now that I'm thinking it through, I'm like, okay, maybe they're safe. Just be, maybe they have Evangeline armor around them. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So I'd be I'd be fine if no one else died. I'd that be would, okay with for that. The bad, except for the bad bad people, the Valg. Yes. 
I mean, the 13 dying was pretty intense. Like, it's mm -hmm. not like they didn't, it's not like all of our favorite characters got away unscathed. Yeah, no, it, there were, there were losses along the way. Oh, yeah. I remember we did, we did at one point say like maybe Falcon ends up sacrificing himself. So that would I'm be. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it, but it'd still be sad. Like one it's, of those ones where sad. it's like. Mm. But at the same time, yeah, it would be sort of extra sad for Lysandra because she's been separated from her family for so long. And then there's finally someone of her family. So. Yeah. There's a lot that needs to happen in a very mm -hmm. short amount of time. I know it's concerning. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's so many things like what's going to happen with the witches and the waste and what's going to happen with like with Falcon and like meeting Lysandra and are we ever going to see these wolf people? <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe they're how they're going to win. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> oh, I don't know. I think that wraps up this section. I'm eager to see how it all ties up in the end, wraps up in the end. Mm -hmm. Yes, thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you next time and bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.